everyone. So the next speaker that we have today with us is Gunner. He is joining us from Hootsuite and he'll be discussing on social selling activities with uh, channel partners. So before we start with the next session, thank you all again for joining in with us today. And there are some housekeeping rules here that uh, the next session and other sessions are also in the segment would be from eight to 10 minutes presentation followed by 15 minutes Q&A. We'll be recording all the sessions with you and we'll be sharing the recording uh, to all registered attendees. Uh, so you can ask questions uh, during the session at any point of time. You can put in the questions below at the Q&A area. Just type in your questions there. And the speakers would be getting alerts in the, for the time in their chat section. So you can keep an eye there. So it will be 10 minutes presentation followed by a 15 minutes Q&A. So before I start, I welcome Gunnar uh, and thank you so much for joining us today, Gunnar. He is a senior partner and alliances manager at Hootsuite APAC and he'll be talking about social selling activities with channel partners. Over to you, Gunnar. Thank you very much. Welcome everyone. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to speak in front of all of you to talk about two of my passions. One of them is about channel partners. I spent more than two decades in the IT channel industry at large IT vendors like HP and channel partners by myself, like managed service providers, but also now I'm at Hootsuite looking after channel partners and overall also alliance partners, which include LinkedIn or Adobe, many type of partners that we have here on the Hootsuite side. The other passion that I have is for social selling. And in my observation over the last couple of years, since we see the term social selling, that it's not necessarily an area which is connected to channel partners. And I would like to talk about how we can make that happen. So first of all, in terms of partnership in general, I strongly believe these days, the customer is not necessarily just buying a product when I talk B2B. They need to have an outcome out of a challenge that they have, a problem that needs to be solved, which can rarely be solved by just one vendor's product or solution. So there need to be someone who's putting the glue together. So then I call this always a triple win in the partnership game. And the word partnership means we, we are partners and ship means we are sitting in the same boat. So how I call the type of triple win. When we take a vendor, doesn't matter if it's IT, other electronic solution or even other services, Typically, there is one way how to get into the end customers to sell and implement the solutions. And that can be either direct or indirect. Sitting here in Asia Pacific, the majority compared to maybe the US or UK, the majority is working via channel partners. There are a big variety of channel partners. Particularly when we talk IT, we have the large system integrators. We have the small resellers who in the past have been just selling boxes. And they evolved further to be managed service provider, to create an outcome for their clients in a set of various vendor solutions bundled together in the focus of how the end customer defines the job well done. There are system integrators, value-added resellers, distributors, consultancies who can talk the broader thinking about like business continuity, which is such an important topic, or crisis management. So I call it triple win because we have the partner in the middle, we have the customer, we have the vendor, and it is a triangle. And if I talk about Hootsuite as an example, the leading social media management platform, we have three types of partner arrangements. Of course, there are those which are reselling, which are either reselling Hootsuite or 
we are also reselling some other partners' services. Then we have also the arrangement of referring. So that can be for whatever reason that I need to have an entrance level into a particular client's uh, relationship level that I don't have, but I can find a partner who can refer me further. Social selling can help on that one very well. But if I take it further broader, it's also a kind of an ecosystem because most vendors, they have a set of solutions, which is only a portion of what overall is needed. So then it can be added. If I take it on the Hootsuite side, we manage all the social media activities in one platform. But if you would like to serve maybe financial uh, industries like insurances, we are partnering with other vendors who have their compliance software solutions, which are snapping in into Hootsuite. So therefore it is a broader ecosystem. So what is in the middle between all the partners is not the vendor. In the middle is the task, solving customer challenges. So that's about partnership. Let's look into the word social selling. Everybody has a different understanding about that. And the term is not necessarily good because it looks like we are selling on social media, but that's not. So in our definition, social selling is a set of social media activities conducted by educated and enabled sales teams that creates meaningful moments to build and nurture relationships. There's a lot in that sentence. So it is not just going on LinkedIn and pitching products to an audience who is then not even replying to this. There's a lot in it. In particular, also it talks about enabled sales teams. When we then look into the typical sales cycle, let me better call customer journeys, customer buying journeys. Then we have the various steps that also we heard beforehand from Iris, from Jonathan, and surely also some of presenters after me here in APEC and in the, in the American version of the B2B binge. We started in five levels from the awareness going into the evaluation topic. And here is one activity called social listening, so important. Selection process, acquiring customers and drive revenue through social, we can prove ROI when you use social media, not just natively, but in a winning platform, and engagement and further advocacy. Typically, these activities are done by the sellers towards their clients. But where is the channel partner who is then bringing everything somehow together? And therefore, I strongly believe it would make sense to combine this together. If you look broader into a study we have done together with Forrester two years ago, nearly half percent of all B2B enterprises either already developed a social selling program, including technology, and 28% were in the process of doing so. So let's say overall nearly 80% are either having or consider this on the larger B2B side, not on the smaller ones, and not on the typical channel partner who might be smaller companies as well. So it's time to change that and learn from the enterprise world further into, into the channel partner side. So here's one example of a tool that we have on the Hootsuite site, Hootsuite Amplify, that is a way how employees can get their advocacy function in a very easy way, including gamification towards their network. As an example, a hotel chain in Europe, they achieved with 64,000 posts done just by the employees 142 million impressions, which are turning into revenue. So these topics are working quite well, 
but how can we add the channel partner in there? So imagine you are providing product services. If it's IT electronic, it doesn't matter too much, but you have also some channel partners and you have content available. So it's not about just that the salesperson would talk about their own company, but enrich it further into the channel partners, into the industry, what's going on. So on Hootsuite side, I'm posting a lot what the my partners, meaning LinkedIn, meaning Facebook, meaning Instagram, meaning Twitter, what they are doing, what Adobe is doing, and how these topics, this technology can be used towards a customer outcome to share success stories. So then when, when we as a vendor have the chance to also look into what our partner ecosystem is doing, what type of great case studies that they have, what I can also get into my social selling program proactively, that would work well. In particular on the IT side, there is the, um, um, the, the big budgets of MDF, market development funds, which are very often not totally consumed because the relationship into sales and marketing, vendor and partner often ignore activities like this, like social media. So we can add topics like social listening into the whole arrangement, how we can provide content, how can we engage with content on social media towards the target audience from an educational point of view. So I would like to show you five kind of activities, what we can do, we as on the vendor side towards our partners, because they bring this all together towards the end customers. One first one would be to improve the partner's readiness and proficiency on social media. When we take larger companies that might have a program of this, as I've seen in the statistics beforehand, but the partners not. So then let's include them and uh, include in some of these MDF related activities, how the partner can be upskilled, how they can, who are typically the partner, is a good relationship builder to their clients who are serving their needs for a while, but adding then the social media component is a critical thing. And sometimes it needs the vendor to go the first step to make that available. When we have official programs of social selling, it would be the vendor talking into an audience on LinkedIn maybe to share stories, but very often missing the pieces, how this comes together. Write it from a way of the reader, the one who is the end customer, the different roles of the end customers. They would think rather, if I Im implement this solution, let's take um, a business continuity solution, which is needed in COVID-19, how can I get and put this all together? Share these type of topics. It might require IT technology. It might require consulting services. See this all from the end customer point of view, how they can implement and grow their business with that. And the next one, and that is a critical one, is the whole listening topic. When you think topics like um, user-generated content, everything what people are writing on review sites like TripAdvisor, 96% of that is unbranded. If we all don't listen what's out there, how can we create content? How can we create an offering that without listening. So there are ways how we can add this together as well to then finally convert 
this listening topic into the right content and further into conversations. And the next one here would be an employee advocacy program, which I mentioned that we have on Hootsuite Amplify with the hotel chain as an example. And that can, that can work for large organizations as well as also for smaller who have maybe less than 500 employees, of course. And then these programs can include the content and capabilities of partners. To give you an example, on Hootsuite, we are using this by ourselves and we have partners who have their own software, let's say, for archiving of social media. That's very interesting and actually even required for the financial industry. So then I add content from this partner, Broly, into my social selling activities, not to pitch their service, but at the end to give this educational picture to put the situations in front of prospective clients to get their understanding why this is needed. So that the only conclusion can be to get into conversations, which can then convert into a happy customer with a lovely side effect of making revenue. And at the end, I strongly believe we need to look into a reverse activity approach, reverse engineering to say, imagine we have our customer who we define as a happy, successful customer after a year after renewal. So basically after the renewal of a license. So then only I can say if it's successful and all of these activities, not only in the decision-making progress, but also after implementation, up to the renewal, social selling can help here a lot. And then I have a partner in between who puts the dots together. And as a vendor, I can help the partner in enriching all of their knowledge and empower them towards the end customer then the likelihood of the client to renew a license and utilize what we, what we provided to him is much higher. So these are just five ideas how social selling activities can enhance the relationship in this triangle of the customer, the partner, and the vendor. So that's what I would like to share and I'm very much looking forward to the questions that we have in the chat. Thanks, Gunnar. Thank you so much for the presentation. Uh, I'll quickly take up some questions. Uh, so the first question that we have is, what are the steps to build an effective channel partner relationship? That is, a, that is actually it's a very good one and even a complex question that you already uh, shared earlier uh, um, in advance. So thank you for this one. So there's a couple of steps that need to be put in, in place. So first of all, a channel partner program as such has a couple of topics in it as well, how to select a partner. I think we might come on this one, but to build the relationship for me between a vendor and a partner requires a common sense of what is the outcome at the end. It is not a way just to say the vendor would like to push services and products through the partner. That is a one-way street. For me to be successful here as a vendor, I need to be curious on the business of the partner I would like to even consider being myself a consultant to redesign their P&L sheet when we take it from a financial point of view to find out how can the partner be successful. If I can add value on this one to the partner, then I can build a very strong relationship with this. That I can come out of the blue with ideas how my partner can be more successful, how they can improve certain topics. And the relationship can even improve if I give a good advice to say, dear partner, thanks for your request for customer ABC, but despite you know our solutions, I strongly believe 
at this moment it's too early for this one. Don't go for this deal. I better play the trusted advisor towards my partner, seeing the bigger outcome for them. So these are things that I would include there into the partner relationship to show this as a very strong relationship, which goes in two directions, not just one. Got it, got it. Next question that we have is, how do you acknowledge uh, that the channel partners and you are in harmony? Pardon, that the channel partner? And you are in harmony. Yeah, well, the question is, is 100% harmony actually good? Maybe not. Maybe it would be good to come on out of brainstorming with some kind of directions and make prioritization based on a common learning. But I would like to ensure it when we can align on targets where we would like to go to, what are the priorities for a certain timing and take this reverse engineering approach to say, if you would like to be successful in the next quarter, half year, whatever the measure is, put out these type of um, uh, milestones to achieve, activities on the way to there. And uh, that way you have higher harmony compared to just go make a quarterly business review and then find out many things have not been done. Right. So an ongoing check-in with a partner is a very important topic. Understood. So the next one uh, is, uh, so what are the social selling metrics for measuring a challenge partner, which is very interesting and I want to actually personally know the answer to that as well. <laughs> yeah, metrics for social selling activities can of course be on the surface, you would say, let's look into how posts are, uh, how, how the engagement of certain posts are, uh, are working. Uh, I'm not a big fan of just going to vanity metrics like how many views, but I strongly believe social selling is, can be ex uh, successful then when it turns and when it creates engagement. So then, of course, without somebody seeing a social media post, then nobody will like it and nobody will, will comment on it. So we need to ensure that the right timing is there and, uh, and um, the engagement happens. For me, you can measure also topics like not only how many comments, but how many of, of leads can be created out of social media activities. Right. If you connect it together with the partner, then you can of course measure also when you put in um, activities like going to certain landing pages as a consequence of this one, then you can measure this up to the revenue that is generated. Right that can include also the channel partners. It might be different solution by solution or case by case, but these are the topics I would look after. At the end, it's about turning conversations into something tangible, ideally into revenue and close business. Got it. Uh, so the next question that we have is, how do you create the best experiences for the community with the help of a channel partner? That is even beyond social selling topics. So that's in general, um, how a partner, how a vendor can support the channel partners. In particular, what I like in working in partners is that uh, partners often have a regional or local proximity to their market that vendors very often don't have. So if, for example, at Hootsuite, I would like to, to, um, to sell in a higher level to our clients in India, it would be very good to work with local partners who have the proximity there or he right. even who are also set up in, in, in a national way in different states, but I would work then on the local level with them because that's where the channel partner is often closer to the customer. So I would work on these, um, on the information what's coming from there 
uh, challenge it, of course, in a certain way, because the partner might also be curious how other similar regions, uh, markets are evolving. So then you can combine this all together and try to map out different communities. To give you an example, when I came to Australia four years ago and uh, started to work on the broader Asia Pacific uh, region with all these different uh, maturity levels, I could combine it very well with my own experience in working in Central and Eastern Europe, where you had a similar level of differences. So then I could combine these things together. So being successful on supporting the community levels makes sense in particular when you can compare and give advice while being consultative as well. Right, right. So the next question that we have is coming from Deepak. He asks, what are the basic marketing tips uh, that you would give uh, for a UK-based e-commerce business in terms of social, social selling? UK-based? Hmm. Yeah, okay. In general, the, uh, the question on social selling is not too much exactly based on certain geography. But of course, the markets are, are slightly different. So UK is quite advanced compared to some of other countries. So in order to work uh, successful in social selling, um, as a vendor, I would create a program which includes certain metrics, target markets. Uh, social selling can help a lot also about prospecting to find uh, the right level as uh, prospective customers. So then I would, uh, I would create a channel strategy for this one. I would map out um, a content calendar for this one to find out what are the right levels connecting it to the local marketplace like in the UK, how this can be, how a kind of a social media calendar can be created, acknowledging certain local events, time zones, whatever's happening, um, bank holidays, that's sometimes what you need to pay attention or major events like, uh, like Brexit or whatever to ensure that in the consequences you can create a content strategy paired with a prospecting strategy using social selling to at the end have the chance to get into the right level of prospective people using the channel partners and then get into the right conversations. Right. Uh, so I'll take one last question Gunnar, for uh, this session. So the question is, how do you benchmark the success of a channel partner? That's a, that's a very good question. Um, coming from large vendors where you would even segment them based on past performance. If somebody has been great in the past, they get a higher level of support. I strongly believe we need to even plan partnership based on future potential and capabilities. Um, what, what we heard earlier also, I think from Jonathan, when it comes into topics like omni-channel, I would like to support a partner who is looking into the future of how they can sell via different type of channels. So that's on one side of thing. And then based on this, I can also measure them accordingly, not to just to say, I give a partner or my partner landscape a target of whatever number of, uh, of dollars that they need to bring in terms of top line, bottom line, whatever. But I would rather put out uh, two or three different type of metrics, not just the dollar figure, but also how a partner can ideally represent the services that I have on the vendor side. That can be based on certification, based on social media activities, based on incoming leads. Uh, and then I can also measure it further into, into the relationship uh, that is created with prospective clients and bring leads, bring opportunities to the table in whatever time frame they need to be closed. 
Right. So because what, what we hear, opening is a new close. It's not just about mm. business done in fast dollars like transaction, but uh, opening is a very important topic and we can help you. Thank you so much, Ghana. Thanks for answering the questions. We have many more. I'll send that to you over uh, in the email or probably you can see it from the dismissed questions and we can reopen that during the break. Thank you so much for joining us for the session today. And it was a great presentation. Hope to see you again in our upcoming editions as well. Thank you very much. Looking forward also to the other presentations. Hey, thanks for watching the recording. Do check us out at Ampers B2B Bench for more such killer content. Also, don't forget to go to www.amplus.com and book your free demo for Amplus Enterprise version to ring your next customer.